Let us pray. Most gracious God, even for this new prayer request that has come up for the safety of of our beloved for the, 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 the journey that is ahead for our family. Oh God, we pray that you would be ever present in that ambulance, that you would be ever present at the hospital, that you would be ever present in the diagnosis, that you would be ever present in every step of the, the way. Lord, we thank you in advance for, 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 for all that you are doing, even in this situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Sorry, I wouldn't have been able to talk much if we wouldn't have gotten that out. Today's scripture comes from Luke, the uh, first chapter, verses 68 through 75, and it reads, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished uh, redemption for his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant, and has spoken as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all those who, who hate us, to show mercy towards our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham our father, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our Days. The word of God for the people of God. Lord, bless us with your words, for mine just won't do. In Jesus' name, amen. This particular portion of scripture I, I, I find really interesting, and this is why. It comes at a point in time where it is real easy to isolate this and look at it and, and, and celebrate the words that come out of Zechariah's mouth. But we, we, we also have to look at exactly how he arrived at this point. We find that in this particular portion of scripture, prior to this particular portion of scripture, uh, Zacharias is, is, is a priest and he goes into uh, the temple to do his duties and he finds this angel standing there. He's afraid. The angel says, fear not, for God has heard your cry and you will be blessed with a child. And Zacharias says, do you know how old I am? Do, do, do you know how old my wife is? How in the world, I'll say it this way, how will I know it to be so? And the angel says, my name is Gabriel, and quite frankly, I, I sit in the presence of God, and he sent me to give you this good news, and this is your response? Okay, so let's just say that you won't be saying anything else until this baby is born. This is the, the, the prior uh, uh, scriptures leading up to this. And what we have just read is the very first words Zacharias says when God allows his silence to be broken. He, uh, his wife has this child and, and, and all the people are trying to name him after his kinfolk. And Zacharias says, no, his name shall be John. And all of a sudden his tongue is loosed and he begins to say, blessed, oh, blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. He begins to, to, to give hope not only to himself, not only to his family, but to all of those that could hear. It's actually labeled the benediction 
People believe this is the, the benediction that he was supposed to give when he came out the temple mute. But all of a sudden, this silence begins to be broken and he is able to say what is really on his heart. Now, what's, what's really interesting to me is I, I, I gather a few things from this portion of Scripture. Number one, it appears that God really hasn't said much in, I think it's about 400 years from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And all of a sudden, we have this declaration of the Messiah coming. I find that interesting because uh, uh, like a lot of people, when you cease to hear the voice and you cease to feel the presence of somebody that you were once close to, you feel as if they are gone, Right? If, if, if me and you talk every day and all of a sudden I didn't talk to you for a week, uh, you would miss my presence. The, the thing about it is this. Silence does not always equate to absence. Because in all of this time, God was still very present. Just like when, 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 when Zechariah was, 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 was stricken mute, he was still very present in the lives of those that are, were around him. What I want you to realize is there are sometimes uh, uh, phases in our lives, seasons in our lives where we feel so alone. We, we, we have those seasons in our lives where we feel like we just can't get a word from God. We have those seasons in our lives where stuff doesn't make sense and we really wish that, in, in, in my words, that God would show up. But the reality of it is just because Things aren't happening like they always happen just because the words aren't leaping off the page and making sense just because we don't have that, 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 that man, that woman of God giving us the word every day, telling us what to do, giving us direction does not mean that God is not present for God said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. It is amazing how, how the silence is always, how silence is most of the time viewed as a punishment and not as a blessing. In this particular portion of scripture, we look at the angel that tells Zechariah, you will be mute until your, your kid gets here. And that very much seems like a punishment, right? I, I really want y'all to talk to me today. I feel, I feel as if you're silent. <laughs> It feels like a punishment. But what amazes me is, it is in the silence that Zacharias is able to connect the dots. The scripture said, and filled with the Holy Spirit, he said, and, and, and all of a sudden he gives this great benediction. But in this silence, it, it, it allows him to really look at the scriptures and look at all the things that he's been taught and look at the things that he's read in the temple and look at the things that he's lived through and connect all of the dots. Preacher, why would you say he connected the dots? Because his benediction was not just his words. It had aspects of the covenant gift given to Abraham. It had aspects of the covenant given to David. It has aspects of the prophet Ezekiel. And all of these words that he has read all of these years all of a sudden make so much sense in this particular time and season because the Holy Spirit has allowed the silence to grow him, the silence to inspire him, the silence uh, to, 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 to allow the, the, the words and the statements in the life that he's lived to come together in such a way that hope is all that he has. Hopelessness or a lack of faith drove him to silence. But it is the hope that God placed in his belly. It is the hope found in the word of God in his the hope of what is to come that drove him out. You see, 
Silence is not always a punishment. Sometimes silence is a blessing. And take it from me, living in a house with two kids and two dogs, silence is definitely sometimes a blessing. But we don't always take advantage of the silence that we're given. The last thing that I, that, that, that I really grab from this is simple. Though Zechariah realized that silence didn't indicate absence, and he realized that what he originally thought was a punishment could actually be a blessing. When it came to the point in time when he was able to break his silence, he still had a choice to make. He still had to choose to be obedient because quite honestly and quite naturally, every man in that era of, of the world uh, and in that time frame would have named his child either after him or after his kinfolk. So now he has to decide, will I go with tradition or will I go with God? He still had a choice to make in the sense that he had to make the decision, uh, uh, now that my silence is broken, will I rebuke the people for not listening to me and my wife or will I give them the encouragement that, that God has given me? He had a choice to make. Would, would he, would he, would he uh, come across uh, upset that, that the people uh, would not allow things to be as he declared that they should be? Or would he inspire hope in such a way that the people would grab something from it and see things differently and be able to run in a direction that previously they may have abandoned? He had a choice to make. And so my question to you today is this. As we get closer to my sermon title, my question is, now that we understand that the seasons in our lives where we may feel the furthest away from where we should be, God is still present. He's still ever present, always and forever. Now that you realize that it is in those silent times that God is able to speak in such a way that that, that can be a, quite a blessing, uh, now that, that, that you understand that, that there is a season where even in the midst of your mouth being able to work and your ears being able to de detect sound, uh, sometimes you still are rendered silent by your lack of hope and your lack of faith and your lack of being able to shine your lights. My question to you is, what will you do? What, what, what choice will you make when it's time to break your silence? My question is this. When you've reached the, 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 the end of a season, when you have reached the end of a circumstance where you have uh, walked or traversed a trail that was just so hard for you to live, what will be the words that you give to the people that are following you? What will be the words that you will give to the people that are around you? What will be the words that you give to your family, to your friends? What will be the words that you choose to believe? And the scriptures, I was telling my, my son this morning, there are many prophets, but and this is this is labeled the, the, the prophecies of, of Zacharias, but in all actuality, we know that the prophet's word can't contradict 
scripture. So, so what inside of you, what has been put in you that, that will allow you to speak in such a way that, that, that allows the broken silence to be something that benefits us all? What will be your words? What will be the thing that, that you hold on to? What will be the thing that you give to others? What will be the thing that comes across your lips in a time where you have to choose, will you go with tradition or will you go with God? What will be the thing that, that comes across your lips when you have to choose, well, will you give a rebuke or will you give hope? My wife used to speak in front of people all the time in the church and, and the like. She did conferences and all kind of stuff. And for years, she did none of that. Her voice felt like it was silenced. She felt like it was silenced. I'm telling all kind of stuff on her. She'll yell at me later, but God will be fine with it. <laughs> but one day, she got a call from a friend of ours, a first lady at a church out in, 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 a, in another part of the state, and she goes and she speaks as nervous as she is. And what's funny is she had a choice to make because she knew some of the things that the, 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 the pastor and the first lady were going through. She could have rebuked everybody. And because she wasn't a part of it, they wouldn't. You're not preaching for a return engagement. You know what I'm saying? She could have stood in there and said everything that she wanted to say that was on her heart and nothing that God said and walked out happy because they told her that she was a great orator and she is really good with words because she's really good with words. But she went in there and she gave a message of hope. A message of hope that not only inspired the people, but it inspired the leadership. A message of hope that quite honestly inspired her. I had not seen her smile that big or walk that light on her toes in many, many, many days. It is amazing how infectious hope can be. The question is, when it's time for you to speak, when it's time for you to walk, when it's time for you to be the example, will you be hope? And so... That I don't have to continue to preach all day because y'all give me a limited space. This is what I choose to do with my moment when I can break the silence and when, when I have the opportunity to choose what I will say to you. Are you listening? Are you listening? I declare that the Lord says that he will give you beauty for ashes, that he will give you the oil of joy instead of mourning, that he will give you the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair, I declare that if his people, that is y'all, that are called by his name will humble yourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways, that he will hear your prayers and he will heal your territory, whatever that territory is. I declare that in the midst of the, the troubled time, in the midst of the storm, he can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. I, I prophesy to you today that, that the Lord loves you and that he cares for you and that he's redeemed you and restored you and that, that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of our God. I, I declare today in the, the moment of space that, that I can speak out of my silence that, that if the Lord before you, the whole world is not big enough to be against you. I today speak hope into you, uh, hoping that, that you will see that, that your voice, that your life, that your example is so big that it permeates this, uh, uh, the very communities that you live in, the jobs that you're on, and all the people that you encounter. I, I pray that, that this word of hope will take you back to the scriptures, back to your Sunday school classes, 
back to your Bible studies, back to all of those places where you begin to read the word of God and, and God will allow the Holy Spirit to connect the dots in such a way that you live a God-filled life and inspire others to do the same. You see, it is in this moment that I can break my silence and say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the, is the Redeemer that God has promised. Blessed is the Son of God that, that, that shall be all that God said that he will be. Blessed be all of the, of the promises that are already in, uh, in existence. You see, when, when, when Zacharias preached this message, when he gave this benediction, None of the things had happened yet, but he spoke as though they were already there. I am telling you today that if you will hope in the Lord, if you will believe in the Lord, if you will have faith in the promises of God, you can speak to those things that are not as though they were. You can, you can speak to the mountain and it shall be moved. You can look at a situation and know it's going to be all right. You can see the trouble and not be affected. You can, you can feel the strain of the finances and still get your provision. You see, your hope is in God and not in tradition. Your hope is in, in the word of God and the promises of God, not the words and the promises of people. People, you see, your hope should be rooted in the Savior, the one that we celebrate in this season. And just as God, just as Jesus has become the light of the world, shining bright for all to see, I remind you that he has invited us to do the same. Will your words be those of hope? Or will they be words of condemnation? Will your words be ones of, of love or ones of hate? Will your words be ones of forgiveness or ones of unforgiveness? Will your words show whose you are? Or will they contradict everything that you say you are? This is a moment in all of our lives where we have the ability to break the proverbial silence we have the ability to let our hopelessness become hope, our, our, our faithlessness become faith. The question is, what will your message be? In the name of the Father, the